Live from the studio, I'm Jimmy Seleski. Merrick Glazer. Uh, tonight we have uh, an interesting guest, actually. Uh, I heard about you before, because I feel like you, you come to Magoobies quite a bit, right? It, twice a year. Yeah, I've seen you on the calendar quite yep. a bit. And I was going to reach out to you last time, uh, but this time I finally got around to it. I'm an idiot when it comes to scheduling. But uh, it's yep. a, you're, a, you're a comedian hypnotist. Or yes. hypnotist comedian? No, or? no, comedian hypnotist. You got it right the first time. Comedian hypnotist. Right, I'm a comic who does hypnosis, not a hypnotist who does comedy. Yes. Huge uh, difference. We have uh, in the studio Mr. Rich Guzzi. Guzzi, we got Ari and Jack too. Yeah, who I'm, I'm a, who there. the hypnotist apprentice, and learning process as well. Yep. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob is actually my opener uh, this week too. He's also a stand-up. Oh, comic. awesome! So he, so he'll also be a comic doing hypnosis. That's sweet. That's sweet. Yeah. And yes, so not the other way around. So you do Magoobies twice, twice a year for the weekend stints. And how, how is this? You said that tonight's show is pretty solid. It was great, great show, especially Thursday night. You figure out, like, you know, you know. How many people are gonna come out Thursday night? But mm-hmm. you know, especially when you come out the weekend, also. Like yeah. If I'm gonna be at a club, say just Wednesday or Thursday, then that's the only night they can come. Then yeah, it's gonna be packed out. But if you can come Friday and Saturday also for four shows, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you'll make that choice. But Thursday was a fantastic night. Really well, I was. think what's super interesting about what you do, and I've never had, I've never had the opportunity to go actually and see you perform, which I I would like to do this weekend. After the after the podcast, awesome timing. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. I'd like to find out who I'm talking to after we do this podcast. Um, but I think what's cool about what you do is that every night is a completely different experience, yes. right? Like, I mean, I I don't know. See, Eric does stand up comedy. I'm not I'm not a comedian myself. I play music, but even with that, we kind of have like a set list. You kind of have an idea of what you're gonna do. Exactly. And with you, you're it's kind of like a, you don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. Every yeah. night you have different people. You don't know who's gonna volunteer. You're pl- flying by the seat of your pants every single night. Um, now I I have bits that I do, and okay. I know that I'm gonna put them into this scenario. But then sometimes, depending on who you have on stage. You have to change those scenarios around because you know maybe it doesn't fit the characters you have that day. Every night you're casting a new show. Okay. So yeah, if I have less, less I have more women than men. You know, then I, I have to do certain bits. Like tonight, I had way more men than I had women. There's only two women volunteer. You know, two women uh, hypnotized, and I had like seven guys. So I would do different material depending on who I have cast. Also, you know the way they look. Yeah. Because. You know, Hypnosis becomes really funny when you do fish out of water stuff. Yeah. You know, they want to see people acting out of character. So if I have the big, you know, giant biker guy being coming a ballerina, that's going to be way funnier than, you know, the big giant biker guy yeah. be, being a tough guy. Well, he's supposed to be a tough guy. So it's not going to be as funny. Yeah. It's interesting because it's almost like an elevated level of like crowd work. Yeah, and exactly. Like, it, it really is. It's it's crazy to like, because like doing crowd work already is like spinning a bunch of plates with an audience and trying to like figure out. A way into it, but then out of it too, with like a callback or something or whatever. But like to also add to the fact that you're just like hypnotizing people too, yeah. which I'm sure is like a hard thing in itself. But to do it live, in it's front a of very scary crazy. show to do. That's what I was going to do. Yeah, I, I was a stand-up comedian for 15 years before I ever did the hypnotizing show. I used to love doing it. It was fun. You go on stage and listen. There's hard crowds. There's easy crowds. But it's you against the crowd. And as long as you have material to figure it out and weave your way out of the out of the jam. You're gonna do great every night. Yeah. All right. So, with now you have to do the exact same thing. Plus, you also have to hypnotize people, and if that doesn't happen, you don't have a show. So you now and you have to hypnotize them not only to a light level, you have to hypnotize them to a deep level to get them to do really outrageous nonsense. Yeah. So also like the pressure it- is on every single night to make sure you get people knocked out. Yeah. You know, and get them knocked out deep where you can make them do some pretty. 
crazy stuff because you want them to do stuff that's really not in their normal swing range. Now, I have a lot of – because I, I definitely want to dive pretty far into hypnosis because that's For something sure. that's, like, fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. But uh, for my – how many people are doing what you do? Is that – because I feel like that – like, the, the comic hypnosis thing, I have – I don't – that is that, like, a common thing or are you, like, a very unique type of – All right. So here, here's, um, here's the situation now. Um, it was a lot less years ago. Okay. It's becoming more now because there's a lot of guys out there training new guys to be comic hypnotists. The good news is the fact that, and it's good and bad. So the good news is a lot of those guys, 99% of them are doing it at such a poor level that they don't keep getting work because it stinks. Yeah. yeah. All right? So they would never be in a comedy club more than once. You know, because you know the way the comedy club works. If you're not funny, it's it's you're not you're not getting booked back a second time. Yeah, you're and if be you out. do a bad job hypnotizing people, that's and just gonna it's get gonna bad be press brutal to you. watch. Right? No one's gonna want to come back and see it. Right? Like, I'm sure, like, because you're you're hypnotizing people to such a deep level that they're doing these outrageous things, and like it's almost like I guess you're just trying to outdo yourself every night. Every night, and then and I'm that's I'm sure brings back. A lot of the people. Yeah. Like we had people. How many at people our, repeat over a at, at our show tonight, we had a girl come up. I saw you three times already. Another guy, five. I saw you five times, 10 times, 15 times. And they bring their friends back. And then the numbers keep increasing, you know, and that's how you get people to come. I always tell new hypnotists, I said, it's really easy to do well. Just do good. You know, yeah. I know it sounds stupid, but, you know, if you do a great show every night, people are going to keep on coming back. So what's happening is you got all these new guys getting trained up by people who don't even do shows themselves. You know, it's it's a it's a business that's getting to be so. It, it's 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 kind of brutal, actually, to tell you the truth. What's happening is there's guys who aren't even doing stage hypnosis shows on a regular basis, but they're making money off guys who want to be able to do stage hypnosis shows. Mm. So they're training them poorly. These guys go out thinking they can do a show. They they muck it up, and all of a sudden, and it goes belly up on them. And it's kind of you know making the business itself not as as good. Yeah. So luckily, we have a couple of guys who are really well doing well at it. I'm training some new guys that are going to be able to do the jobs the right way. That way I could do some other ventures that I'm looking to go into. Mm -hmm. They'd be able to move into the gigs that, I, that I'm not going to be able to do anymore. So that's why, again, that's why we have the other guys now. Like Ari's here, Bob is here, and they're going to learn how to do yeah. the show just like I do it. And they're learning exactly how to do the show at a really highly proficient level. Now, what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to drive at is, because to me it makes sense, the, the, the fact that you – like you said, we're doing straight stand-up comedy for 15 years before you... Which gave me a huge advantage. Yeah. But yeah, that, to me, advantage. is almost like... For me, it's easy to conceive of the idea of like a guy who does hypnosis and then realizes, like, oh, I'm pretty funny. I could make this into a comedy act. But the idea of somebody doing straight comedy and then being like, you know what I should do, it, like... In addition to that, is become a hypnotist. How was that introduced to you? Like, or was that how did yeah, that idea? Oh, it. trust me, it happened strictly by accident. Oh yeah, I mean, I, if you guys want to hear the story, I can tell Absolutely. you the story yeah, how it yeah, happened for sure. All right, so um, I'm a regular comic, and I had gone broke in like the late '90s when the stock market crashed. All right, so I lost all my money, and I'm like, I'm in debt now, and I owe people money. I don't want to claim bankruptcy because I, that's not my thing. I, I'd rather just pay the money back that I owe. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like good karma type situation, all right? But I'm down and out. I'm, I'm pretty busted up. So I go into Rascal's Comedy Club, which is in New Jersey at the time, right? It's, it's since closed. Um, so Rascal's Comedy Club is one of the biggest clubs on the Eastern Seaboard, all the great Players played there. I mean, you know, Damon Wayans, you, you know, uh, you know, Sam Kinison, Dice. I mean, all every big comic went through this club. 
So I was playing it that weekend. You know, I was you know a headliner, you know, regular stand-up comic. And Sandy DePerna was the club manager. And she says, um, and we were good friends. We were friends for a long time. And she says, hey, did you hear Otto and George on the Howard Stern Show this morning? And Otto and George was like, was this dirty puppet act. And it was real filthy-ass puppet. I mean, this this was a mean puppet. And <laughs> Yeah, nothing and, like and, Jeff Dunham. Oh, no, no. <laughs> it was like, like it, it, polar opposite. <laughs> all right? It was brutal. This is a nasty puppet, all right? Yeah. So um, he w- went on the Howard Stern Show and was going berserk. And he was chewing everybody up. So Ed Rodriguez was the owner of the club. He bought it, bought it from the Magnuson Brothers. There were seven Magnuson Brothers. They bought Rascals from... They, they, they sold Rascals to Ed Rodriguez. So what happened was um, Ed went nuts and said, that's it. Otto and George is fired. Never working Rascals ever again. In fact, his manager, Joe Miller, is with him. Fire all Joe Miller's acts. They can never work Rascals ever again. So Sandy's telling me the story. She says, I had to fire everybody. I even had to fire poor Denny Moore, the hypnotist, not to fire another hypnotist. I don't even know why I said it. I was just goofing around because I'm a dopey comedian. Mm-hmm. I said, well, I can do the hypnotizing show. She goes, you can do the hypnotizing show? I said, yeah. I used to do the psychic bit in my act. Remember John Edwards, the psychic guy, uh, the crossing oh, over? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Remember, yeah, yeah, remember yeah, yeah, him yeah. like he's talking to dead people? Like yeah, he'd stand yeah. in the middle of the thing in the crowd around. And yeah, I'm, I'm seeing something audience. with an M. You have an M sounding name? You have an M? Like you have a mom? You have a mom? And a dad? <laughs> yeah. a dad? You have a dad, right? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what that means, but you take that with you, all right? Yeah. You know? He's like, do it, like, you know, you know uh, yeah. So I used to do this dopey psychic bit in my act, and I said, yeah, I do the psychic guy. You know, um, can you? I could do the hypnotizing. It's the same show. She goes, oh, okay. She takes me in the back, opens the book up. She says, here's the week. I said, I got that week open, and it's like three times the money I would normally make. Wow. All right. So because hypnotizing, hypnotizing guys got paid a lot of money. So I said, yeah, I'll take the gig. So she gives me the gig. I remember driving home that night. I was living on Long Island because I was living in my brother's basement because I lost all my money. So I remember driving home. I said, "Well, better learn how to do the hypnotizing show." I didn't know nothing. I didn't know nothing about hypnotizing. All right. So now I'm looking online, and I look up a hypnotizing class, and it was in New Hampshire. I drove to New Hampshire. It was a two day class on learning how to hypnotize, and I took the class. I remember driving home from that class. I say, "Man, I'm in big trouble because this is all nonsense. There's no yeah. way this is going to work. I'm in this big guy trouble." Just hypnotized me and out me, of two hundred dollars. Meanwhile, yeah. <laughs> meanwhile, I had six weeks to prepare. I had six weeks to learn how to how to do a hypnotizing show. So I said, "Man, I am in big trouble." So I'm practicing all the things this guy is showing me. Like, you know, we do the hand-locking thing, this thing with the hands going up and down, all these hypnotic techniques. And I'm, I'm practicing on my, on my regular fans after my regular comedy shows. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to be at the bar doing some hypnotizing now. And everybody's like, hypnotizing? Yeah, hip-. I'm practicing on all the people after the shows. Doing all the stuff this guy's t- taught me. So I'm trying to put it all together. I'm like, well, I have to put it all together, make a show out of it now. Let's see if this works. So it's got to be in a place where if it goes belly up, Nobody's gonna know about it, yeah. right? So it's gonna be like in the middle of nowhere. Like, we'll never work in Muskegon, Michigan, ever again. You know, like <laughs> exactly, one, of those, right? exactly. one of those type of situations, exactly. right? So that's exactly where it was. So I convinced some guy to do the show, and he packs the place out with five dollar tickets. The place like three hundred people there, right? Yeah. With five dollar tickets, and I'm doing the show for the guy. And hip, first time ever doing a hypno- hypnosis show. So I do it, and it works the first time, just like the guy sh- showed me. I'm like, whoa, man, this is real. I mean, I had people knocked out. I'm like, this is. A-. I never forget. I had to do, had to be in St. Louis the next night. I was so excited that it worked. I couldn't fall asleep. I actually got in my car, packed my car, and drove to St. Louis that night because I couldn't. I said I'm gonna wake up anyway. I'm, I'm just, I might as well just go now. I did a second practice show in Altoona, Pennsylvania. So I had two under my belt. Now Rascals comes along, comes along, and the place is it goes Wednesday to Sunday because it was a, it was a seven show week. So. Which is a great week. Again, it's a big club. Yeah, yeah, Wednesday yeah. night, Wednesday night's packed. Of course, the hypnotizing show packs out. 
But just people like love thinking it. that if you didn't have those two shows, oh, and you had yeah. seven so shows. I, so I had two shows. I had two shows. Yeah, but, yeah. but that's when I think about it now. When I train guys, I'm like, it's ludicrous <laughs> thinking about doing this. The balls. It, oh, the, yeah, the, the, the balls, balls were, were huge, huge. massive, <laughs> huge, massive balls. We even attempted this. All right. I mean, f- forget about it. So I go to show up Wednesday night. Who shows up the first night? Denny Moore, the hypnotist, and his manager. The oh, first shit. night they're there. And I'm like, look at this. They're going to scrutinize. They're breaking. They're going to break my chops, right? And, I, and listen, in retrospect, I think back. I said, I realize this is a smart move on their part because they figure I'm going to go. I'm going to screw it up. I'm going to go belly up. They're going to save the day, get their gig back. It makes total sense, all right? So now I'm saying to myself, right, what am I going to do? I'm, and I'm never nervous on stage. I've been doing comedy 15 years. I've been a headline forever, all right? But now I'm kind of nervous because I'm totally out of my element. So I said, all right, here's the plan. I remember going up in the green room. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm a strong headliner. I'm just going to do 15, 20 minutes of my best material. I'm going to crush this crowd. I'm going to just kill them. Then we get everybody on my side. Then we bring 20 people up on stage to hypnotize. Whoever many people get hypnotized, that's going to be the show. All right, that's the plan. So I go up on stage, and I just hammer this place into submission for like 20 minutes. I kill the crowd. Everybody's all laughing funny. They don't even know what's going on with this hypnotizing stuff. Yeah, yeah. I bring, hey, you guys want to get ready to hypnotize? Yeah. I bring 20 people on stage. I end up with four Great subjects out of the twenty, which is good enough to do a show. Yeah, I you know I in retrospect I think back, you know I don't have to do that anymore because now I know how to hypnotize really well. I can knock ten out of ten out. But back then that's what I did. I just, it was a numbers game. You bring a whole bunch of people up, see who gets hypnotized, and that's the show. And a lot of hypnotists still do it. They, that they, way. they still do they it still that do way. It they, that yeah, most hypnotists still use that same exact technique because they don't know how to hypnotize. They'll just bring a whole bunch of people up and then see what happens, right? So anyway, I end up with four great subjects. I kill the show. And I get off the stage. Denny Moore's gone. The manager's gone. They left middle of the show. He's got it. They left. Tail between their legs. They're gone. So my confidence grew. I did seven shows that week. And at the end of the week, they gave me a check. Remember, I never forget. The check was three grand. Yeah. I got paid $3,000 for the seven shows. And that was more money I'd ever made as a comic before ever. And I'm like, look at this. This, is, this hypnotizing stuff is pretty good. All right? I remember driving home. And I cashed a check Monday morning. And Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of the following week, I booked in like six months worth of work. Of course, the word traveled that quick throughout the comedy community. Because I was already a pretty well-known comedian headliner. And all of a sudden, I went from being like an older comic to being like a young hypnotist. Yeah. And what happened was everybody started talking. Like, hey, man, you know, you could do the hypnotizing show? Yeah. And all of a sudden, well, you want to play my club? Yeah. And all of a sudden, boom, I started booking in work. I never thought I was going to keep on doing it. I was just doing it just to get out of, you know, just holding, saving face. Yeah. You know? Um, but I, I kind of fell to the dark side, you know, because the money was like so much better than being a regular comedian because a regular comic, you know, you, you're a comic, you know, the money has gone up in 30 years. Yeah. It stayed the same. In fact, it's gone down, you know, you know, as a headliner back then you were making like 500 to a thousand a week was a pretty good week. 1500 was a killer week, you know, for like a multi-show week, um, where the hypnotizing show, the minimum was like three, four grand. And then wow. what happened, the numbers kept escalating, kept on getting bigger and bigger. And then all of a sudden, 2008 came along. And then 2008 comes around, and all of a sudden, it's the end of the world, the Great, the great Recession. Yeah. All right? Remember, yeah, dude. Dude, people, you got hit by both of them. Everybody, <laughs> Jeez, every, yeah. So, but I was already established. I was already making big money. I started making big money like in the early 2000s, right? So I was in pretty good shape at this point. But, two, but 2008 comes along, and the world was coming to an end. And what I did was a strategic move. I went to all the comedy clubs in the country. I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I will go into your room, and I will do 75% of the door with no guarantee. And everybody says, you'll do that? I says, yeah. Because 
people were like worrying about selling tickets. You know, you get a guy with a big guarantee, like a big famous comedian. He wants a thirty thousand dollar guarantee. What happens if no tickets got sold? You know, yeah. and, and they would they could they, what happens if this something happens, a rainstorm, whatever. Nobody decided to go out, right? Nobody was making any money, so all the all the comedy clubs took it. They all took the deal, and my numbers yeah. escalated further. And that was my my first huge year was two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. That's cool. what, if so, I went from making like you know great money to like stupid money, and I, and that was it. I didn't turn back after that. And I kept so on, you kept on so hitting. you do you ever do just straight comedy anymore? Or you I've I've done in the past twenty years, I've done three weeks of just straight comedy. Really? Yeah. And that's like just in like three weeks in days or well, no, like words, three, I've, I've taken like, I've taken three gigs. Okay. Where you're like, you know, you know, you're, yeah, you're like a comedian, weekend gigs, like a yeah. weekend gigs. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, I've done three in the past 20 years. Interesting. And is there, I guess, aside any from specific the money, reason for doing yeah. that? Yeah. I just want to see if I can still do it. Mm-hmm. See if it not. And, and it took me some time. Like it took me a show to get knocked the rust off, you know, but I still have that good shuck and jive skill. Like, yeah. I can still, you know. I could just kind of riff. But I guess because yeah, techn- you've technically still been doing comedy for those 20 years. Yeah, exactly. Years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like you're just going up rusty. Right. Yeah. So um, I, I, and I still, um, my, my ability as a comic, even when I was a regular headliner, was where I didn't have to write material. I had, I memorized stuff and it became material, but I would be, I would literally be able to go on and, and other comics would like, would freak out on how I'd be able to do it. Um, we would have like these open mic nights, and fifteen comics can give me a slip of paper with a, a, something written on the back of the paper, and I would throw those fifteen slips in my pocket, and then take the slip out one at a time and do a whole act on each of those slips. Hell yeah! And, and yeah. I would, and I I would do, do it. I kind of do hour, a show like that now. Yeah, half hour, forty five minute set, and just by pulling slips out of my out of my pocket. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, um, I run a show called Top Secret in Baltimore, where the comics, everyone else on the show will write like one premise down for you on a right. piece of paper yep, that's and good. you don't see it before you get on stage. It's really fun. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of fun. You know, we used to practice back in the day. Like, you know, I you know, I grew up with, you know, Kevin James was one of my best buddies when really? we were coming through the ranks and we used to practice bombing. You know, we used mm-hmm. to practice we practiced every technique and I learned a lot of skills from this guy Joey Cola was like my was my mentor as a comic. You know, he was already doing comedy 12 years before I even started. And he took a liking to me. You know, his dad was my baseball coach. You know, when I was when I was going in school, and so he took a liking to me, and he showed me the ropes of how to become a comedian. And we used to practice all these techniques. You know, on learning actual comedy technique. And like I said, we used to practice on stage, me being comfortable with the silence. Like we used to practice bombing, so that way you can dig out of the hole, no matter how tough the crowd was. You know, he would teach me stuff like how every crowd is made up of the exact same people every night. There's no such thing as a good crowd or a bad crowd. It all depends on where the people were sitting. And if the good laughers were out, were in the front of the room and the, the laughter would radiate back and that would be the hot crowd. A bad crowd was where the, the good laughers were sitting in the corner or the back and the laughter had to radiate in a different direction. So he showed me how you played to that group and made the, the laughter from that crowd radiate to a different direction and you would like pow 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 hit this section over here then all of a sudden you would still talk to the people in the front but you would have you would manipulate the laugh and make it come to it at a different wave and it was a specific technique that we learned and it worked like a charm where you would make a killer crowd every night wow really interesting yeah, yeah, that's it, a cool it, technique. Yeah, it, cool. Was, it was a science. That's good to know. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah, every crowd, if there's 100 people or 1,000 people, there's a bell curve. There's some stinkers and there's some great people, yeah, great laughers. Sure, yeah. And when you went home that night, you said, man, that was a hot crowd. 
the only reason why it was a hot crowd was because of where the location of the good laughers were sitting that night. And it just happened to be a stroke of luck. All right. So that being said, if you knew where the hot laughers were, because it was a dead crowd that night, mm-hmm. you would play to the hot and then make the laughter radiate back towards you. All right. So that so that became the new front of the room. And that was the technique we, you know, I was taught. And it, awesome. like I said, it we always turned the crowd, whether it was good or bad, it was always a hot crowd every night if you used that technique. Yeah. Well, so knowing now that that's how you kind of treated comedy, almost like kind of just like going into battle and just hoping to come out the victor. Yep. Was I, that kind of how it was with hypnotism too? Like, yeah. I know you I, had I, that, I, you did that I, course, I, but other than that, was it all like kind of self-taught? I still, and I, yeah, it's all self-taught. Um, I, I, I read, I read a lot and I analyze a lot. Like, you know, when I was a comedian, I would, I would make all my material by memorizing stuff. I, I would do a joke. If it, if it worked, yes, that was good. What, why did it work that way? And I would keep on analyzing it. Same thing with the hypnosis. You have to become a really good analyzer. Um, and I always treated it like, like a science. You know, and, and you're, I always consider you're the weapon. The comedian is the weapon. So you're the gun, and your ammunition is your jokes. So the more ammunition you have, the more you can kill. So you keep remembering that when something happens in a show... You remember it, and you say, oh, man, well, that, got, that scored a big laugh, and it kind of happened by accident. And then you would remember those accidents, and the more accidents you had, and the more you remembered it, the, the more clips you had, the more magazines you had to suck on that machine gun and stop mowing that crowd down. Wow. This might be a weird question, but do you record your sets for hypnotism like a comic well, every, every, would record every their I teach people that you know if you're going to do a hypnosis show, you want to have that insurance. So... You're going to videotape every single show just in case somebody says something happened. And you're like, you got that as your backup. Like, hey, here's what it is. Yeah. Uh, Give you an example. I'm doing a show um, in a big fancy resort. And the shows are over. I'm grabbing something to eat. All of a sudden, security comes and grabs a hold of me in the restaurant. Says, hey, we need to to down in the office. I'm like, oh, what's going on? Uh, We had a problem with one of the guests. So I'm like, okay. You know, you know, the, the guest is always right type situation, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you bring me in there and says, oh, man, this guest said that you threw her off the stage, you cursed her out, then threw her off her stage, and she bro- she twisted her ankle. What? So I said, really? I said, well, I bet you I know the girl you're talking about because let's go to the videotape. She go- he goes, you got a video? I said, I keep a video of every single show. So I bring the video down, and you'll see, I mean, I got motor mouth. I talk fast. I talk loud and obnoxious. I'm that guy, all right? And on, on the show, it's really... Accentuated. I'm really talking fast, really talking loud. Mm-hmm. So I said, is this the girl right over here? He goes, yeah, as a matter of fact, it is, because I remember stuff, all right? I said, well, watch how I'm doing the entire show. I never break stride. You actually see me taking her by the wrist, all right, walking her down the stairs, nice, as I'm still doing the show, th- never stopped doing the show. I sat her in the front row. She was sitting in the front row. I sat her down, and I continued on doing the show. So I said, show me the spot where I cursed her out, where I stopped talking kind of through my voice at the same time, yeah. right? He goes, that, that never happened. You just, you never stopped talking. Exactly. And show me where she twisted her ankle. Goes, you actually see me walking her down the stairs and sitting in the chair. Now, if she twists her ankle outside, that has nothing to do with me, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. My responsibility is when she's on the stage to get her back into her chair. After, if she twists her ankle walking out of the building, that has nothing to do yeah, with me at this exactly. point. Yeah. Exactly. So she was 100% fine. So they called her on the phone and say, listen, you know, do you want to come down and watch the video? She says, there's a video. <laughs> She goes, yeah, yeah, you know, my ankle's feeling a lot better. Yeah, that's what we thought. Yeah, and that was it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's you know, it's it's all about being prepared all that's the time. Smart. That is the hip, smart. Hypnotize and show you got to be super prepared all the time. Now, let me ask you a question: What 
is because I I'm gonna be honest. Like I've always been a bit of a you know I've never I don't think many people really actually understand what hypnotism is myself included. I don't I don't know what it is. I mean I think back to movies and stuff like that. You're getting sleepy. Very right. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's what where people fall into that trap. What is hypnotism? All right. All it is is me turning on a hypnotist. Right. Is turning on your subconscious mind. Right. There's so many different you know you know. Descriptions about what other hypnotists will say was, you know, bypassing the critical factor, all this, all the scientific terms. Here's what it boils down to in layman's terms: I'm tapping into your subconscious mind instead of your conscious mind. Consciously, you're talking to me, all right, and you can make decisions, yes, no, maybe, all right, and you'll decide what what the story is, all right, and your subconscious mind is picking up data through seeing, hearing, and touching from the time you're born until now, all right? It's always picking up this data, all right? And it's storing it away like a giant hard drive, just stuck, stuffing it in there, right? If I turn that on, I can, I, can, I can manipulate that data or put new data in and get you to um, basically act upon that new data. So if I tell you it's hot out, meanwhile it's cold out, you'll feel it's hot, because I'm telling your subconscious mind in the data bank right now, the hard drive, that is hot out. All right? Now, it's used for like getting – let's say, say you're a smoker. I want you to get, get you to quit smoking. All right? I can go into that data bank and say, listen, you're not going to smoke anymore, and here's the reasons why. All right? And I'll get some leverage on you. I'll say like, all right, well, A, A you're going to be healthier. You're going to save – B, you're going to save some money. You're going to be more romantically attractive, all right? And four, you're going to be you're able to have the recognition of saying, I was able to quit where millions of people can't quit. I was able to do it like that. Yeah. So th- I, I call it the fatal four. There's four There's four different types of people that move you to action, all right? Self-preservation, money, romance, recognition, all right? So I get the leverage on you. I put that into the data bank, and all of a sudden you'll quit smoking because you think it's your idea. So all I'm doing is turning on your subconscious mind and attacking that data bank, that hard drive, and manipulating the data the way I want to do it. In now, layman's terms, that's exactly what it is. Can anyone be hypnotized? Yes, everybody can be hypnotized. So anybody who says they can't be hypnotized or whatever, they just haven't met the right hypnotist yet. All right? It's all about the time. All right? So if I was to hypnotize you now, right, um, what's going to happen is... It's funny because I don't know what the techniques are, so every time yeah, you start talking... Every, every time, time you start, I'm like, are you hypnotizing me right now? Please I know, you keep moving mind. your fingers yeah. around in circles, well, well, and I'm like, dude, are you hypnotizing me, bro? That, 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 that's a te- that, that, is, that is a technique, and it can be done. Yeah. It's also a New York thing. Yeah, there's ways to conversationally hypnotize somebody just by just talking to them. And there's, there's an energy transfer technique where I can just start sending out a vibe or type of a particular type of energy, and you will pick up that vibe, and next thing you know, you'll start reading my mind and you'll get knocked out all right so there's de- there's lots of different techniques i've been doing this for a long time and i've developed some spooky stuff wow. all right but all it is is tapping into that subconscious mind instead of the conscious all right and and the conscious is it, it's it's not worthless it's what we use predominantly mm-hmm. but it's not that powerful the subconscious when they say use 10% of your mind Right, use ten percent of your yeah. conscious mind. I understand completely. What you're subconscious saying in terms of the, is is a way is way more powerful. You're picking up on so much in the day to day, and then you know you go to sleep and your mind it's like just trashes it. You know, right? You're just storing all kinds of information. And you only pick up on that ten percent. Right. But so so if so with enough time, 
anybody could be hypnotized. You have to be open to it, I imagine. Like, if well, the person is actively yeah, what trying would be the not, best candidate? Well, well, here, well, here's the thing. Yeah. All right, so most hypnotists will tell you that you can't hypnotize somebody against their will. You can't make them do something they wouldn't normally do. All right. Those are the two big ones that I hear all the time. Meanwhile, I, br- I break yeah, those. Yeah, that's your whole show, though. I break, exactly. I break those <laughs> rules every single night. All right? As long as you don't know you're getting hypnotized, I can sneak up on you, hypnotize you against your will. All right? Now, if you're going to fight me, like, listen, uh, uh, listen, Rich, don't, I'm not, I'm not going to hypnotize you. I'm not going to hypnotize me, right? That's a lot harder situation. But I wouldn't attack it like that. All right? I would keep keep you at ease. And kind of get you off guard and do some techniques to you that you wouldn't see coming, and then you'd be knocked out, and you wouldn't know what was happening, all right? But let's say you are a willing subject, but you're a poor subject, all right, which is 10% of the people, all right? There's, there's, there's great subjects and there's poor subjects. So let's say you have a really poor, you're a really poor subject. If you were, you could still be hypnotized, but it would require more time. So when people say they go on a stage, like, and this happens predominantly with hypnosis comedy shows and a stage performance. Oh, I couldn't be hypnotized. No, you could be hypnotized. However, we didn't have enough time to get you deep enough where you were good enough for the show. All right? So there's lots of levels of hypnosis. I mean, like a very light level. You could, you could do therapeutic work, but you're not going to be entertaining enough to be on a show. So they got to be removed. Yeah. The guy thought he couldn't be hypnotized. No, he could be hypnotized. It's just that you were a poor subject. And we don't, yeah, there's not enough time to make it happen mm-hmm. for the show. Because the audience still wants to see a comedy show. Yeah. They're going to start getting bored. If I start, you know, doing this long, drawn out thing, they're like, hey, when's the show going to start? You know, this, this, yeah. guy's, this guy's boring me to death. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So um, you would, everybody can be hypnotized, but, you know, it's all about the time factor. So I, obviously, it, it's, it's an immensely comp, I would imagine it's immensely, uh, complicated skill to learn but what are some of the basics of like I, I when you say you're bypassing the conscious mind tapping into the subconscious mind what are some of the things that you might do in terms of like uh, is the whole like dangling the that pen- will work believe it or not I know it sounds crazy that's an old archaic technique but that will work because um, it's, it's an eye fixation type situation mm-hmm. um, you're slowing down the brain waves alright so there's two ways to get to hypnosis especially deep hypnosis alright so Right now, your brain is cycling about 15 cycles per second. You're, you're awake and conscious. When you go to sleep, you're cycling at 10. REM is 9. Mm-hmm. All right? So that one cycle difference makes you go from really regular sleep to deep sleep. Hypnosis goes lower than that. All right? So what I could do is I could start talking to you and start getting your brain cycles to slow down. And then you'll slow down lower and lower until I get you into a hypnotic state by progressive relaxation. Relax muscles in your body. Show you how you can make your mind relax just as equal, equally as your body. All right, that's a hypnotic technique. I can drag you down that way. It takes a little bit of time. There's another way to get there. All right, here's what I'll do. I'll start confusing your brain with a lot of different functions at the same time, and basically crash your hard drive. So right now you're cycling at 15 cycles per second. I start talking a little faster. I'm starting to get you memorize some words. So you make, hey, look at this word here. I'm trying to memorize every word I say. Look at this thing over here. Blah blah blah. All of a sudden now your brain is cycling at 20, 25, 30. All of a sudden, boom, one command, and you're out like that. So I drag you from 30 all the way down to five cycles per second, all instantaneously. It'd be instant induction, and wow. you would go even deeper that way because it's almost like head-on collision. So you crash into a wall at 60 miles an hour, it's a pretty bad crash. You crash into two cars going 60 miles an hour, now it's 120 miles an hour. It's, a lot, it's that more devastating. So an instant induction a lot of times takes you a lot deeper, quicker 
than you will with a progressive relaxation. Shock, yeah. It's like a shock. It's you like hit shock. with that PGO spike, and then you're you're lifting up here, and then it's like dropping, and then it's like dropping into water. The higher you are, and then you drop into water, the further down you're going to go into. If you're if you're at the surface and you try and go down, you'll go a couple of feet. But if I take you up in the air, a couple of 10, 15 feet up in the air, and let you go, you're going to all of a sudden go. It's over the difference. And I would just say that we're we're pretty much in trances all times. Like mm-hmm. throughout the day, we go in and out of different trances, whether we know it or not. So what Rich does is he takes those and he he uses it. You know, he's like, yeah. okay, we're we're in a trance. You go to see a movie, you know, and you know you see something that makes you cry at the movie theater. You know that guy didn't just die. Your conscious mind is sitting there and saying, hey. This dude, this guy that's got paid probably five, six million dollars to lie in a pool of blood, he's not really dead. Yeah. He, there's a thousand people behind the scenes, but your mind doesn't see that. Your mind sees the, the show, what the emotion, what the idea is that you want to see. And so when Rich does the shows, that's pretty much what he's doing. He's saying, hey, yes, there's all this stuff going, but just focus right here. Focus yeah. on this going on. And and that's how people. Right. <coughs> that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I like that uh, yeah. You, you utilize the other stuff around you to get the desired result, because you know how the person's going to feel. So you, you basically using the person's knowledge against them to get them hypnotized. You know, it's like you know what's scarier than a car bomb or a threat of a car bomb. Yeah. Right. The threat sure. of a car bomb is way scarier because a yeah. car bomb goes off. You're like, oh man, that car just blew up. Let's get the hell, let's get out of here. You yeah. roll out, right? Yeah. Right. The threat is like, whoa, 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 let me let me ask you a question. How big is the bomb? Whose car is it in? Yeah. So nuclear bomb, we're all gonna die. Main question. Right? Yeah. So <laughs> you're gonna make you always your brain could always make it bigger than it normally is gonna be. All right. So all you need to do is is give them that impression and let their brain do the work for you. Mm-hmm. And then let they'll hypnotize themselves. Now, from my understanding, uh, I was reading through your website and things like that, in addition to the comedy with hypnosis, you also do guided meditations and motivational yes. things and therapeutic things as well. Yep. And so how, how long have you – so I imagine you mastered the hypnotism techniques with comedy. How long did you go before you were like, I can start actually you know, taking the next step and actually using I, it? I started helping people right away because the, the reason why I got really interested in hypnosis was the fact that I was able to help myself. And my life became better. And I'm like, man, there's a lot, lot to this. I started, you know, studying like, you know, when I said when I went broke, sort of looking for like areas, you know, to make you improve your life. So I was studying a lot of Eastern philosophy and all that, you know. And then I came upon this hypnotizing stuff, and I mean, it really took my life to the next level. And I said, man, you know what? There's a lot of really good tools here. And then once I see it, saw it worked on myself, I started doing it for other people. And that's what really changed my life. I would say for the better because it became so rewarding that these people's lives were being changed. So I'll do a show. I never forget, you know, because the first time I noticed it was I was in El Paso, Texas and I do the show and I get an email from this woman and she says, my husband was on your show tonight. And I have to say immediately it changed, it changed him because he had just come back from overseas. He was obviously a soldier and he hasn't slept in the bed with me since he came back he has these problems and all of a sudden when he was driving home tonight he was a different man he slept in the bed with me and my, I got my husband back you know my, my kids got their dad back and I'm like man this is some powerful stuff here that was the first one I got that I made me start taking notice yeah. that I was doing more than just a comedy show and then when you start looking you know now, now the antenna's up Right, all of a sudden I realized that this was happening all the time. 
So I said, all right, man, you, you know what? I, I, I mean, let me explore this a little further. Then I started helping people after the shows. And then all of a sudden, people were coming to the show just for that. Wow. And I'm like, man, all right, you know what? this? And now I've been doing it for so long that I could have quit so many times. But I don't quit because of those emails, you yeah. know, because of those people that you're helping. And it goes, because it's very rewarding the fact that, you know, you make people laugh and you have a good time. But the residual benefits that you're getting from it in helping all these additional people. You know, I never forget, I did a show on uh, 9-11. Actually, the day after 9-11. Uh, <laughs> I did a show the day before 9-11. These two guys. So my birthday is 9-12. Okay. Right? So 9-11 happens. The next day is my birthday, and I have to do a show. And 50 people showed up to see a show on 9-12. 50 people showed up. And so I do the show, and after the show, people were hugging and kissing me. They were crying. They were crying. They were saying, thank you for being here, letting us forget, this, you know, have this escapism for the past two hours, all right? We forgot about what's going on in the world because of you. So I said, man, this is, this is powerful stuff here, all right? So not only do you get the, the great feeling and, and reward of being able to make people escape their crazy lives for that short amount of time as a comedian, but then and now you hear about families getting their dad back. You know, people, you know, uh, you know, quit, you know, just fed up got quitting smoking, losing weight, and, and feeling better about themselves that way. But all these residual benefits that you're getting. Uh, the Hypnosis Show is one of the most important shows on the planet. And yeah. we need more practitioners to be able to do this show the right way and really bring it out there and show people that, man, you should be making this part of your life. I can imagine it's an incredibly rewarding experience. Um is that what inspired you to take on some disciples? Yes, because I, 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 I got, I, I was kind of offended by the other guys training these people and doing it poorly. Then all of a sudden, see the problem with hypnosis is like, all right, so your experience is, oh, watch the watch, you know, all this creepy stuff, all right. Yeah. And a lot of times, people's only experience with hypnosis is a show, so they see a poor show. That all of a sudden, yeah, hypnosis is garbage, man. That's, yeah. that's or they see it in like another thing where you, it's you, almost mocking it. You, you know what I'm saying? So what happens is, if your first experience with hypnosis is, is trash, then all of a sudden they, it never gets another another thought. All right, and it's the only industry like that. Like if you go to the dentist, right, and, and he, 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 you don't like him, all right, you're not like you never get your teeth cleaned ever again. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you're gonna go to another dentist. Hypnosis is not like that. You go see a crummy hypnotist, you'll never have anything to do with hypnosis ever again. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been offended by the poor product that's been out there. And I'm like, you guys need to be so, you're going to need to step up the game. And nobody stepped up the game. So I'm like, all right, you know what? It's my responsibility. I mean, this has been, this business has been amazing to me. All right. It's changed my life, it's changed so many other people's lives. I have to keep this thing going forward because I'm getting older now. And these guys are younger than me. So they have to go out and they have to start doing it. All right. Maybe not Bob. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but but we need young guys That's offensive. now. <laughs> we need young guys to go out there and, and do an amazing job and put hypnosis on the map in, in a big way. You know, it's important stuff. You I know, think this can what, change the world. What was fascinating about what you said earlier when you were talking about the process of what you're doing, if you were, for instance, uh, trying to hypnotize somebody into quitting smoking, which right. I have a pack of cigarettes right next to me. I, was, I assumed you probably didn't want me to smoke while doing the podcast, uh, so I won't. 
But which so it worked. Yeah. <laughs> right. It worked. It's, 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 uh, see, uh, I'm so good. I am yeah. so good at this. That romantic thing really got me. I was like, I was like, are you telling me I'd be more attractive if I? Because I, I feel like a I girlfriend. Look, dude. I feel like <laughs> I look fucking cool. Yeah, 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 you're, you're, you're a good-looking guy now, man. You know, you know, you don't want to lose those looks by smoking like that. Yeah, you know, you're true. Just, you, you'll true. be so much more romantically attractive by being a non-smoker. Plus, look at that money you're wasting every year. Every year you exactly money money thrown in the garbage can, right? You're gonna be so much. See, right now you don't care about your health and wellness because you're young. As you get older, right, you want to be all busted mm-hmm. up and shot down. Yeah, want to do that, right? Yeah. Plus, I look, I want you. To, I want you to realize, all right. You know how many millions of people try to quit smoking every year? They they can't do it. They fail. Yeah. All right. You're gonna be able to brag to everybody. You'll be able to brag to everybody on how you were able to quit like that. Yeah. All right. And mm-hmm. you'll be able to do it. And you'll be able to tell everybody how you were the one guy who was able to do it. No yeah. problem. Right. Yeah. See, that's the leverage right there. Yeah. Dude, he well, just got you. Now, now you got to prove to him that you can't <laughs> be hypnotized <laughs> now I gotta by lighting up a cig, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the reverse, dude. Um, I, when I, so I, uh, about, Eric and I uh, did acid over the summer, LSD. And um, we, I had an experience with that. Now, when I smoke weed, which I do occasionally, uh, I get very paranoid. A lot of anxiety when okay. I smoke weed. It doesn't relax heard, me. I heard, heard that a lot with a yeah. lot of people. Yep. Yes, it, it it really does have like when people are like when you're like stressed out, people are like, oh dude, hit smoke a joint, dude. It's like no, dude, mellow, that'll amplify. Yeah, right. That'll yeah. amplify. Like a beer will mellow me out for sure, but the weed will just amplify. But I remember um we we took a tab of ass. It was my first time I ever done it, and uh, I remember my friend was like, dude, just trust me, smoke this weed. You'll see, you'll see, and I smoked it. And I was able to see subconsciously in my own mind where the anxiety came from. I could see it. Ooh, that's good. I could feel it. And I, I, and, I, and I was able to look at it and be like, oh, that's where this comes from. And then, like, in my own mind, it was uh, the way I describe it to people is, like, uh, if you're ever on your computer and you open up your computer in developer mode and you're able to back into a program and see where all the tasks are being performed. Exactly. So it was almost like I had that kind of, like, you know, super conscious experience. Experience, yep, exactly. Which I imagine is like the same thing with um, meditation. You know, the concept of meditation is you basically you're basically you're like hypnotizing yourself. When, you, when yeah. you read Think and Grow Rich, they talk about this exact phenomenon, right? So many amazing albums, artwork, all kinds of creative things have happened when people have gone into other realms. A lot of times by drinking, smoking, right? Acid trips or whatever. All right. Yes. All right. This is the it's very clear. Right? All, all, all it is. Let's take a break. We're all doing acid after all acid is, right now. is turning on a different part of the brain that's more powerful than your conscious mind. Yeah. All right. So now you can get there lots of different ways, but you know the the safest and most effective way is hypnosis. All right. But yeah, the uh, the way you just tried right now was letting you tap into that. Yeah. That's actually a the, what you talked about was actually a very very important technique used in hypnosis it's moving something that's intangible Mm -hmm. and giving it something that you can have a handle on so i do a lot of work with people with stress and with pain management so what i do with people with pain management i say okay where does it hurt oh it's does it have a color can you experience so now you're taking it away from a feeling yeah and now like you said you had a control room there's actually a technique called the control room where you take somebody up into their control room doing hypnosis say okay where's the knob or the lever that is dealing with stress right now. Why don't you just reach out and you turn that down? So what you did is is something that you learned on your own. 
With yeah. hypnosis, a lot of these techniques, people can learn these techniques. So it's a little bit, it's very different from talk therapy because you're not talking about your issues over and over again. You're literally teaching people how to work with their unconscious mind and how they can make changes themselves. Yeah, I like it a lot better. You know, um, you, you talk to a therapist, you could talk to a therapist, you know, 10, 20 years. And, and finally, you know, you have a breakthrough. Oh, man, you're right. Man, my mom did say that to me. I can't believe this. You're right. But meanwhile, it's not fixed, right? You have yeah. a breakthrough. You find out what's causing the issue, but you're still screwed up, right? With hypnosis, you can actually dig in there and juggle that stuff around and fix it and quickly. You know, I can literally do in 20 minutes what a therapist can take 20 years to take care of. I Because I can – so how you saw the um, – the files in your your computer, I can literally go into your, I can hypnotize you right now, let you go into the files, and I'll tell you what files to look for, all right? And you'll tell me the files, and you'll juggle them around, I'll say, all right, let's fix this right now. And you'll move those files around, and all of a sudden, boom, you won't smoke anymore. Or you won't have anxiety. Or you'll have, you know, you'll be able to forget about some some bad thing that happened in your past, all right? You'll be able to fix that. Because we all we all have, we all screwed up. We all have problems. We're all wearing a mask that we're trying to hide. You'll be able to fix all those things and become a thousand times better person using this, this tool. And it's really, it's, and it's, once you turn it on one time, it's easy, easy to access again. Like once, once I hypnotize you one time, you'll see how you'll be able to be hypnotized again so simply. I can show you how to do it for yourself. You'll be able to use self-hypnosis and do it every day yourself. It's that you easy. Offer, you offer courses like that too, right? Of course. It, I saw online. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I saw something about, I was curious about this with the quitting. The reason I bring up the smoking thing is because Eric, Eric's brother, uh, I play I play music for a living. I was actually just at High Tops, which is actually like a block down the road from Magoobies or a couple blocks. Yep. I was playing there for a happy hour earlier and he he came out. Um, and he was like, oh my God, you're having a hypnosis on tonight. Asked him about like how, if he like quit and smoke and like, can you hypnotize somebody? Cause I was like, I'm pretty sure you can definitely do yeah, that. That's, that's, yeah. that's, um, that's a simple one. And on the instructions thing, it said something about like eat three to four oranges a day. What, yep. What's the significance of that? It's, it's, it kills the acid. You know, uh, it was, okay. Eat Tums and stuff like that. But I'm know? pro acid, dude. That's the problem. Dude. That's the only issue here, yeah. bro. It's, you know, so is it also is, like you know, kind of just I, like I, a routine I, thing too? Yeah, almost right. Like it's getting... just showing you how to break some some habits and stuff mm-hmm. and get different stuff. Um, so I'll give so I'll give you an example. If you like, um, so let's say you smoke when you go into the car, right? So you, you, when you're driving, you're driving, right? It, you'll notice you can put, put a camera, a video camera in the car. And you'll do the exact same pattern every single time when you get into the car. Yep. All right. So you so you, you open you you un you know unlock the car. You get in the car. You start the car. Turn the radio on. All right. Uh, adjust your mirrors. Slide the cigarette. It's always the exact same pattern every time. So I always tell people when you get to quit smoking. All right. Some of the little little tidbits change your patterns. So climb through the passenger side door. Climb, you know, climb through the passenger side. Yeah. Right. So now, just by breaking that one pattern, you like, and you won't, you, you'll, it'll stop you from smoke your cig before entering the car. Well, <laughs> let's say you smoke or when you, you smoke when you drink. All right. So you hold your drink with your left hand. Start holding your drink with your right hand. All right. So you'll, you'll do a different thing. So you, you'll keep on little tricks of the trade. You know, people always say, "Oh man, you know, it's very addictive. Nicotine is very addictive." Um, when you when nicotine is out of your body, eighty percent in four days, hundred percent gone in nine days. So if you beat the first four days, the, the physical addiction is gone. It's it's not, it's all habit. It's all in your mind, all right. And it is a psychological. I think I it's think all yeah, psychological. it's a psychological yeah. addiction. Because what happens is your your brain is tricking yourself. You know, all right. So you got this smoking thing, 
and you'll say to yourself, I can't believe that guy said that to me. Oh, you're my only friend, cigarette. You, 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 yeah. So you're, you're a stressed <laughs> dude, all right? You have anxiety, all right? I, I, I can see that for you. I, I, I picked it up, all right? You smoke to be unstressed and, and, and more relaxed. You think it relaxes you, all right? So in your mind, that cigarette is like a trusted friend. It's like, it's like your tool, right? It's like your Xanax. It's like your, your, your trip to go and, and just be relaxed. You're on a break, all right? You're having a cigarette, all right? And that's the way you look at it. Psychologically, yeah. you, and it's messed up. It's not, it's not the case at all. It's actually constricting your arteries, all right, and making you more stressed. Oh, yeah, right? definitely. But meanwhile, stressed. psychologically, in your mind, you're, make, you're making believe it's your stress reduction tool. Yeah. So once we once we hypnotize you and take that out, that's yeah. done. Well, I think I think a lot of with addiction, I've kind of pegged it down. Obviously, physical addiction is a, a much larger thing, but so much of addiction, at least for me, it's like like I, I drink a fair amount. But also, I think a lot of it is association. Like when I would hang out with my friends when I was a kid, the idea of drinking never crossed my mind. But now, at 27 years old, if I hang out with my friends, it's almost a given. That we're probably going to crack open a couple beers yeah. because we now associate you're hanging out. You associate that with drinking, and it's really hard to break pattern. that. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not physically addicted to beer. I don't need. I'm not getting the shakes if I don't get my can of beer if I'm hanging out with Eric <laughs> yeah. watching TV. But you're relaxing. Yeah, with your friends with a couple of beers, and it's pleasurable. Yeah. yeah, and so it's the same thing. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not like I maybe go through one pack of cigarettes every two weeks. Like I'm not a big. So I may, might smoke one cigarette a day if that. But. It's the associations of if I'm doing the podcast, I always smoke when I do the podcast. I might not smoke at all two days later, two days before, but when I'm doing the podcast, I smoke. Because what the hell else am I – like I've been playing with these fucking pencils the whole time we've been talking (laughs) because I don't know what to do with my hands. (laughs) Yeah. But that's what it is. That's what it is. And that's actually actually the mind working perfectly. Like I think addiction is – gets a bad rap because it's a pattern that we use in the negative. So – when our minds learn to walk, for example, when we first started, we were a mess. We had to think of every little thing we did. And then we developed patterns and our brain says, oh, I'm going to take that pattern and I'm going to run pattern balance A right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now I got myself standing up. Okay, now I've got that. That's just going to be pattern three. And then your body starts running patterns and that's how your mind develops. Yes. And so now what you're doing and w- when you're smoking and any addiction, that's actually your mind working really perfectly because yeah. that's what your mind's been trained to do. With hypnosis, what you can do is change that programming. Say, okay, well, instead of now every time I feel stressed, I'm going to go for a cigarette. You know what? I'm going to do this breathing exercise instead. I'm going to put this mm. in its place. I'm going to take a couple of deep breaths. I'm going to relax. And that's going to be my new pattern. And over time, you're going to start making a new path because our brains, that's how they work. We have neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. When we learn stuff, we start becoming more of a pattern. It becomes more deeply grooved so yes so don't think it's oh i'm addicted that's a bad thing no that's your mind working perfectly so how can i take my mind and work it the way that i want it to yeah. actually work mm-hmm. it's true yes yeah. coming with some hot shit is that why you picked him up rich yeah <laughs> i've been studying so i've been studying for yeah he's he's like, been a hypnotist for a long time for almost yeah. okay. like six or seven years but now getting into the comedy more and i was gonna i wanted to mention something about his show that i think is really wonderful that he does that a lot of other hypnotists don't do is he leaves people with positive energy and positive intentions, which is something that, you know, it's like, oh, you're all entertained. Thank you. Good night. 
you know, and then people are just like, that was fun, and they're all in this spacey mood, but they're wasting that trance. So one of the things I really respect, I've taken a few stage hypnosis courses, and Rich is definitely the ones that I appreciate more than anybody yep. else's, and that's he actually respects hypnosis. He respects that, hey, I'm not just doing this for fun, but I can actually make a difference and help these people as well. So yeah, that's I, what I want people things. to be entertained, but I want them to be educated as well at the same time because the education is, is the key to success with everything. You, you, know, um, you know, people need to be educated, not only on just hypnosis, but in general, you know, so you, so you go to school, you learn history, you learn math, science, all right? Um, but you should learn how to run your life the right way. And that's not taught. That's not taught in schools. You know, they, you need to learn these life skills and these ways how to beat negative patterns and have negative influences eliminated. So if we could do that in a show, then why can't we do it, you know, educate people just in general? You know that's really the key to success with with mankind. I, I mean, I think we need we need we need to step up. So, you know, certain leaders have to step up and say, "Hey, man, you know what? Let's start taking care of this." So, I I do my show in a way where people want to be they come in to be entertained, obviously. So I'm going to make them laugh really hard. So make them do some stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. But use everything as an example that if if you can do this over here, which takes a very deep level of hypnosis, I could easily make your life better, which takes a very light level of hypnosis. So that's what the show is really all about. So I forgot to ask this earlier, but I still still questioning in my head. Uh, so do you think by doing comedy with the hypnotism, do you think that's almost like it's almost like a an extra like door you unlock to get someone onto that? Like you're talking about the fifteen, you know, cycles cycles in a second for the right. brain. I feel like getting a whole crowd like through comedy, like your whole goal is to basically like you know make the crowd one. Right. right. Yep. So it's almost like I guess is that like kind of a trick too? Like for hypnotism, if you can get a crowd as one and then get them down to ten cycles of the brain. Oh like yeah. Oh, the, I hypnotize everybody in the room when they when yeah. they're in the, when the room. Um, everybody's getting some residual effect of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then I do this good energy affirmation at the end of the show where everybody gets to feel what it, what it feels like. Um, and to me, that's the best part of the show, and everybody participates. You know, even the skeptics, you know, you got that big giant guy in the front with his arms folded. So, oh, this ain't going to work. This is no good, right? And at the end of the show, he's doing the good energy affirmation. He's been transformed. You can see the, the look in their face when they've been transformed into people, into believers. They're like, hey, you know what? I think this, this might be real. You know, we had a bunch of guys on stage tonight that didn't even think they were hypnotized. They, they didn't even realize. They, they forgot the entire show. I said, dude, look at my watch, right? He goes... Oh man, I've been up here for two hours. Yes, you have, <laughs> right? They don't, they don't, they don't remember any of it. You know, wow. it's, it's kind of cool, and and you see the audience like gasp. They're like, oh my god, I can't believe this. You know, like they, they become real believers, and those are the ones. The skeptics become your biggest fans, and they'll go out and they'll tell everybody. You're not gonna believe what I saw last night, right? Yeah. You know, and they'll tell people how hypnosis is real, and they saw it in a good light. And then all of a sudden they tell more people. Then other people learn how to be hypnotists. You know, we have, uh, I teach hypnosis now. I, I want to teach people how to become hypnotists so they can help people. Maybe they're not going to do a comedy show. Maybe it's going to help people, like, you know, quit smoking, lose weight, and feel better about themselves and sleep better. Um, I've had so many fans that have come to my shows, come to my trainings to, be, to learn how to be hypnotists because it's, a, it's an amazing career. You know, you got to remember, you know, so. It's a career you could do with almost no startup. You can learn it, you know, by taking a course. 
You don't need an office. You don't need a building, right? You don't need any startup capital. You don't need to buy any products, you know, no inventory, none of that stuff. And you're helping people. And, and it's a need that everybody has. So I think it's the world's greatest business, startup business. You know, you want to go open up a franchise? You want to go open up a Subway Hero Shop? All right? You, you got you to come up with money to, to pay for the franchise. Yeah. Right? You want to become a hypnotist? There's no startup costs. Just go out and start helping people. Your office is everywhere you go. I literally hypnotize people in the gym. I'll be working out, and some guy needs some help. I'm hey, man, I'll, I'll take care of that for you real quick. I'll hypnotize him at the gym. And all of a sudden, his partner says, hey, you can do me next. I, I, do, the, I do the partner. But once you've done two... You, have, you literally have a group of people. You have 10 people watching, and I have a line of people ready to be hypnotized. Wow. And I'm knocking people out one at a time. Bang, I'll tell you what. There's out. such a huge part of me that wants you to hypnotize me, but I'm also, like, scared of being hypnotized. you know you're not hypnotized already? I keep questioning that. You're, you're, pretty, you're pretty much out already. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I, I could show you. You know, I, I won't hypnotize, but I could show you something really quick if you want to see what it feels like. Okay. Um, and Can you do it to both of us? Yeah, it, it's 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 easy. It's it's um, I'll I'll, I'll give you an example of like what, what we're talking about. All right, you, you want to do that real quick? Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. So basically, um, here, why don't you? Yeah. Right here. So uh, here, let's sit you over here like this. All right, and just look, look directly at me. All right. Um, go like this. Just go like this. Just like this. I mean, someone make your fingers coming tighter and tighter together. Like I put two giant magnets on your fingertips. You know, say your fingers are starting to squeeze in tighter and tighter. Mm -hmm. And the harder you try to release those fingers, the tighter they become. The harder you try to release those fingers, the tighter they become, squeezing in tighter. Now, the magnets just became twice as strong. Now, you're going to notice your eyelids becoming heavier and heavier, starting to blink even more. Eyelids becoming heavier and heavier. Closing down now, becoming tighter and tighter. As you focus on the sound of my voice, try to memorize every word I say. Feel your eyes becoming more and more locked tighter and tighter, like your eyelids are made of lead and they've been glued shut. In fact, you'll notice now that your eyebrows can move with great ease, but your eyelids are so locked that the harder you try to open your eyes, the more locked they become. Going even deeply more relaxed now, letting yourself go even deeply more relaxed. Using the power of your imagination, picture yourself on an elevator. See the elevator doors close. See the numbers on the top of the doors. Numbers go down. You go deeper, sounder, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Just let yourself go deep and deep asleep. And the deeper you go, the better you feel thousands of times deeper. Feeling so good. So wonderful. In fact, let all the stress leave your body from the top of your head to the tips of your toes. Let all the stress, all the anxiety in your life just melt away. Just melting away right now. In fact, I want you to go into your mind right now, into your subconscious mind. I don't want you to find where your anxiety and your stress comes from. I want you to find the exact spot, the exact time, the exact time it started in your life. I want you to find that spot. And when you have that spot in your mind, nod your head yes. Exactly. Perfect. Now, what I want you to do is I want to put your entire life on a DVD, almost like you're playing a movie. And I want you to go back to that spot over there, the spot where the initial problem happened. I want you to take like a screwdriver. I want you to scratch up that part of the DVD where it happened so it can't play any longer. I want you to do a really good job so it cannot play any longer. That bad part, I want you to scratch it up. So once, once that job is done, nod your head yes. Excellent. Now, I want you to play the DVD from the beginning to the end, right, from the time you know, earlier in your life, and go right over the part where it's got scratched up, where it can't play anymore, right? You'll notice how that part doesn't play anymore. If it doesn't play anymore, nod your head yes. Excellent. 
Now, the event still happened. However, you will never be able to emotionalize it ever again. It is now gone. You will have the anxiety just melt away from your life. You're going to feel stress-free. In fact, your life becomes better and better now because of this. In fact, you're feeling so good now, so empowered. In fact, this experience has been so fantastic for you. You can't stop talking about it to everybody. You want to explain to everybody how great hypnosis is and how great it made you feel. At the count of five, you're going to come out of hypnosis feeling on top of the world, feeling well rested, big smile on your face. In fact, you feel so good and you can't wait to start using it in your life more and more to make other areas of your life better and better, especially becoming a non-smoker one day at a time for the rest of your life. You know you can do anything for one day. You'll challenge yourself to remain a non-smoker for just the rest of the day. Not even worry about tomorrow or the yesterday, but only the rest of the day. You'll remain a non-smoker for just the rest of today. And next morning when you wake up, you'll make the exact same dare with yourself. You'll challenge yourself to remain a non-smoker for just that one day. You remain a non-smoker one day at a time for the rest of your life. In fact, every time you see a clock, any time-telling device, your motivation level, your power, your strength, and your dare to remain a non-smoker one day at a time for the rest of your life becomes thousands of times stronger. If you understand not yet, yes. Excellent. Okay. And you will not try to challenge if it worked or not. You will just remain a non-smoker one day at a time for the rest of your life. And you also become now stress-free, anxiety-free. That part of your life has now been etched out. It's no longer part of your emotional uh, reality. The count of five, come out of hypnosis, feeling on top of the world, very rested, feeling so amazing, feeling so on top of the world. One starting to come out of hypnosis, two becoming more aware, man, you now three becoming more alert, four opening your eyes, five fully alert, fully aware, one, two, three, four, five, feeling so good. One, two, three, four, five. Opening your eyes now, feeling so amazing. Big deep breath in, big positive energy flow. Exhale, all negative energy leaves your body. Feeling big smile on your face because you feel so good. Man, you're feeling really awesome right now. That was dope, dude. Yeah? For those how did you feel, dude? See, dude, you got I'm a big smile on your face. I do have a big smile on my face, dude. Dude, how are you feeling? I feel, uh, that was wild. <laughs> Dude, you went under a little bit, it looked like. I I don't know how to describe what that was. That was I the the thing that I picked up on, I don't know if I ever went completely under, but I did notice that like that that fingers coming together thing, it was weird, like you were like you're trying I was like, I can't what's going on with Was this? that kinda like the the reboot, the hard drive yeah. reboot? I was like, wow. When your brain gets into that, what the... Yeah, that's yeah, That's like yeah. the little... That's the crack in the door. A little hiccup. Whenever you're like, uh... Yep. Interesting. That you, was crazy to see. Yeah, that was really... Thank you so much for doing that, dude. My that was pleasure. awesome. That you, was awesome. You were, you were gone right away. <laughs> <laughs> out of you it, baby. You were gone right away, baby. <laughs> out of it, baby. <laughs> and I think you were saying, oh, I don't believe I was out of it. or Well, the thing is, a lot of people get the idea that being under hypnosis is like being out body experience you're mm -hmm. very aware you can be very aware in hypnosis you can be very connected to what's going on in fact it's said that actually it's a state of hyper focus that you're so focused on what's going on that that's everything else kind of disappears yeah. yeah i feel like i didn't know what i was supposed to feel and like i was aware you know i i, I kind of associated being under as like not being aware of what's going on but and I was that's aware. A big, that's a big misconception yeah. also with it. It's actually can be there. Some people go, and you can go really, really deep in hypnosis, yes, where you get into that la, la land. You can get some psychedelic trips from going into hypnosis. But a lot of the working, working air quotes, uh, state of hypnosis, you are still aware of what's going on. Now, you could, he could have said, oh, but you won't remember this. 
yeah. and you would have not remembered yeah. parts of it. It would have been fuzzy. But you were always, when you're in hypnosis, for for most people that I've worked with, there's still that connection unless you're taking them way down yeah. through the floor. But then you can't do anything with them because their mind isn't, it's not there to, to do anything with. They just become like a puddle and they become yeah. literally yeah. catatonic. So and what so level was that? That was just... I'd say you were at least a 304. What's that? Uh, on a level of, of one to oh, six. Oh, I thought one. you're at least a 304. I was like, what no, is that? No, no, That's no. a 304. <laughs> no, no. Th- th- there's th- there's <laughs> six, six levels of, hip- of hypnosis, one being very light, six being very deep. I would say you were at least a 304 there. Cool. Cool. Yep. Yeah, you were floppy. Yeah, yeah definitely floppy. <laughs> that was and, awesome. Yeah, it took dude. you a second to come out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, yeah, you was, you was zonked for sure. Yeah, yeah, it, it took, yeah, it took him a while to get out. Yeah. yeah. Wow, That's dude, cool. I've never been hypnotized mid podcast. Dude, I want to show you that video afterwards to see what. Yeah. See I want to see like that video it, uh, too. Maybe we can, maybe we can use that you'll, as the. You'll uh, see because uh, your, your eye, your eye. Look for the link we'll, below. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll definitely exactly. use that. Video. Yeah, your, your, yeah, your eyes, your promo. eyes clamped down, and you were gone. And then when, to, when it took, try to take you out, it took a little effort to get you out. Yeah. Why don't you put your pants back on? Yeah, dude, you're spinning around like a ballerina. You remember that? Beautiful. Beautiful. Um. Yeah, that was crazy. That was awesome, dude. Thank you so much. That's my what a pleasure. great experience. I mean, uh, I guess. How, how do you feel? How do you feel, um, anxiety and stress wise? I feel. I felt my back loosen up. I feel like this entire podcast, I've been looking at you like this, kind of weirding you out a little bit. But now I'm more loose, dude. Yeah. yeah. Your forehead. Is I dropped the fucking fi- pencils, dude. Yeah. Dude, you dropped the pencils. I dropped the pencils. You took and them I know off. this isn't great for podcast material, but your forehead before was wrinkled in that kind of stress lines. And look, now you can see that they're completely flat. He doesn't have those anymore. I mean, so there's the I can't, I can't vouch for that. <laughs> <laughs> if yeah. you start looking up there, you're going to get those wrinkles again. <laughs> yeah, but they're not always on. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, you you got, you got a different look about you. Thanks, dude. More uh, romantically attractive. <laughs> Sweet. That's the big. That's the big one for you. Dude, dude. You, you put up the Very four vain. the four fingers of fate. I only care about that one finger. Yeah, I know you. Can. I was like, dude, romantic attraction, romantic attraction. Yeah, you keep. Yeah, you keep going shit. back to that. Go back to that romantic <laughs> attraction thing. That's what we're worried about here. Do well, you have any? Uh, on, do you have any uh, things you want to plug? Obviously, your website. Yeah, you know, you, know, you can you can see all of this stuff on my website. You know, you know, richguzzy.com. And it's got some really cool videos in there. I got there's actually videos of um, people who don't believe that hypnosis is real. I got this guy where like you know um, he actually has a physical reaction to hypnosis. He actually yaks on stage because he thought the guy next to him was farting on him. Oh. So yeah, so he actually just it's, that's as better real as real as it gets. But so I have a lot of cool videos on there. Um, but all the stuff that you want um, to make your life better, you know, quit smoking, losing weight, reducing stress, you know, sleeping better, letting go of the past. You know, um, I have the you know stuff over there. To, um, it's just uh, what a positive mental attitude. One for sports, making money. A- any area of your life is on there, and and there's plenty of stuff that you could listen to that's gonna really just up your game. So it's all on there. Richguzzy.com. That's G U Z Z I. I thought yeah. it was be Goozy. Rich Goozy. We can throw that on the podcast description too. We will. When we throw we it on will. iTunes and everything. Yep. Shows, four more shows. Yeah, four more shows at Magoobies. Yep. So come back, you know, come back and check it out. I mean, if you guys came down, it would be. I mean, you'd go out real easy if you went on stage. Oh yeah, <laughs> really now. Oh, yeah. yeah, dude. When are you, you thinking you, about you, going you, this weekend? Yeah, it's um, it's gonna be a great. It's a great club. They have a great stage, great sound. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, fantastic food. So it's always a good time there. But um, yeah, it's anything on 
my site's got everything you can possibly imagine to make your life better or just be entertained. Lots of cool videos on there, too. Yeah, there really is a lot. of Your website is really cool. I spent a long time on it today. It's got a lot of stuff in spent there. Spent a long time. Remember, eat your oranges and uh, all the rest. I'm going to give you the Stop Smoking program right now, actually. I'm going to send it to you. Cool. Thank right. you. Yeah, Appreciate that. that, that. Way, you're, you're, not, you're probably not going to sw- smoke it anyway because I, I put that in there in yeah. one, of the, one of the zaps. Yeah. So you're probably not going to smoke anymore anyway. But I'm going to give it to you anyway as a reinforcement. That way you can listen to it when you go to sleep at night. Cool. That's the easy way to do it. You know, I always tell people, like, you know, you got to sleep eight hours a day anyway. So you can turn your sleep time into productive time by listening by falling asleep to one of those programs instead of the television set. And it'll just alter your life. It just ups, ups your game. That's like the guided meditation. Guided stuff. meditations, yeah. Yeah, it's so awesome. easy. To, it's so kind of weird. Do. Weird that that's a thing because we used to just sit in here after podcasts sometimes and throw on YouTube guided meditations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just, learned how to be literally just like chill here, put them on, and then like we'd both wake up at the end of it like, whoa, that worked. Yeah, and it <laughs> yeah. turned us into uh, bigger losers. <laughs> so it was uh, very. It's actually when we started smoking. <laughs> 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 I don't know what that meditation was saying. <laughs> oh, man. Guys, richguzzy.com. Uh, Check all that shit out. Eric, what do you got coming up, man? Well, I think we should talk about our sponsor, uh, Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes. This episode, this hypnotic episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped Precision Tools. For your family for jewels. For your family jewels. It is a line of male grooming companies. They have things such as ball wipes. The lawnmower, which is a trimmer with a plastic nodule, so you can trim you your pubes without mops. nipping well, your yeah. ball sack. Yeah. Oh, I want I want more. I want one of those. You can absolutely get one of those. You can go on to manscaped.com, use promo code LFTS to receive twenty percent off your order and free shipping. And it is really good products. They sent us a whole bunch of stuff, and I'm yeah, not bullshit. It a is good care stuff. package. I've been shave. I've been clean shaving my face lately with the plow. <laughs> it's meant for shaving your balls, but it's like a nice straight razor. Is it good for your balls? Man. Well, no, no I, think it's, I think it's for... It's getting more wrinkly like a ball like, sack. It's dude. for your pube, because the Manscaped thing itself, they have a device that basically, it's like, it's an electric razor, but they developed like a different guard technology, yeah, so, so you so, don't so, get so nicks. You don't get gashed up. Guard exactly. technology. Yeah, yeah, getting gashed is bad. Yeah. It's no, it's no fucking good. That's why it's Manscaped, side. dude. Keep those gashes Also, else. ball deodorant. I've, I'm sorry. I was planning on getting more ass in the past two weeks. I haven't gotten any, so I can't tell you if the ball deodorant's working. I've definitely... Well, I've used the crop mops a lot. Just like in a situation where I'm like, I bet my balls smell. I'm yeah, going to just wipe, wipe this down real quick and a nice little lavender lotion down there. This stuff is so important. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> it is important. Dude, it's, it's stuff important. that you didn't know you needed. Yeah. Exactly. But you I, I need mean, it. I, I, I was in the forefront of this revolution back in the early 90s. I started this man, Manscaped. And it's, it's, it's before... I mean, I'm a lot older than you guys. And you have to do it, man, because it's just you got it's to, so much dude. better. You got yeah. to. You gotta, women gotta, like it. Shave yeah. the bushes. So you yeah. see like the tree, it if you're gay. Baby. Whatever. It makes your whatever. junk look bigger, too. You got yeah. to trim it up, man. Make it look good. It does. Yeah. Um, so shout out them. Plus, Manscaped.com. Yeah, it's promo code LFTS, guys. 20% off and free shipping. It's good stuff. Eric, what you got coming up? Um, other than that, when is this going to come out? Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Today. Today. If you're listening today, it came out today. I, tonight, Friday, October 11th, I am at a... Uh, a comedy roast for our buddies Ben Smith and Snow. It's their birthday. Good guys. Yesterday, and they're having a little, you know, comedy roast show in Woodlawn tomorrow. So Ooh. check that out. I posted it on my Instagram earlier. Um, other than that, Top Secret every second Wednesday at the Crown, and every fourth Wednesday is Hot Set 
every month. Come on out. Check those out. Jimmy, what you got going on? Guys, tonight. Tonight is a night. It is second Friday. There's only one thing. I will be at the point in Towson from 9 to close with the band, me, John Burkhart, and Joe Niehaus at the point in Towson, 9 to close. Uh, that's always a great time. Every second Friday of the month. Riptide for Fells Point Fest. You may have heard that the Gin Blossoms are headlining Fells Point Festival. That is one of my favorite bands of all time. I will be doing covers. I will be, I will be playing Gin Blossoms <laughs> covers. So if you want to hear a shittier version of the band that's playing right next door, bring yourself to Riptide, 5.30 to 9.30, October 12th. That's Saturday during Fells Point Festival. Even if you don't come out to see me, it is a really good time. It's an awesome time, Fells Point Festival. Yeah, Sunday, that's dope. Uh, Sunday, I'll be at Chop Tank for the first time. You may remember Chop Tank with the controversial dress code. So make sure you come dressed fucking nice, all right? Don't be blowing up my spot and stuff like that. I'm playing 4 to 8 right after the Ravens game with the same band, John Burkhart and Joni House. Chop Tank 4 to 8, and that same night, I will be at the horse you came in on, just like every other Sunday, 10 to close. Hell yeah. Uh, that is it for me. Guys, remember LFTS podcast on everything? Yeah. Email, Gmail. We might have a new sponsor coming next week. We're yeah. waiting for a little we'll supply. You know. Yeah. We're gonna we have gotta to get a little something to test first. Let's just say we, we got something brewing. Exactly. See you next week. Peace.